0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hochberg, and this is episode number 222. If you price out Royal Caribbean cruises long enough, you'll inevitably hear words like BOGO, WOW, Black Friday, and more. These days, there are a variety of promotions and sales offered throughout the year that encourage cruisers to book a Royal Caribbean cruise. But how lucrative are these deals, and which is the best? Should you wait for a sale to book? This week, we take a deep dive into the anatomy of a Royal Caribbean cruise sale. Here we go. When it comes to booking a cruise, nothing feels better than knowing you've scored the best deal possible. Savvy travelers understand that getting the best pricing and perks means you have to be vigilant. But if you're willing to put a little extra time and work, the payoff could mean saving hundreds of dollars more than the folks in the next cabin on your Royal Caribbean cruise. And this week, we want to talk just about that. Promotion, sales, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot that happens. And going back and looking at what it used to be when I first started RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, cruise sales were a little more few and far between than they are today. These days... There are monthly sales that run throughout the month. There are weekend sales. There are sales that get extended. There are bonus sales on top of the regular sales. It just seems there's a lot of different promotions going on at any given time. And a lot of people have that kind of concern about, you know, what – how do you know what's a good deal? What is a deal? And, you know, all those kind of questions about basically trying to figure out what makes a real company sale better or worse than another one. So before we get into the actual sales and different promotions and whatnot, a couple of basic starting points. If you're new to Royal Caribbean Cruises, there's a couple things you want to understand. Number one is the price of a Royal Caribbean cruise is the same no matter where you book it. Whether you book it through Royal Caribbean directly, you go to a big website, you go to your local travel agent, you go to any travel agent, you go to our sponsor, MEI Travel. The price of the cruise is pretty much the same across the board. There are some exceptions like Groups. And a couple other really minor notes that happen, but it doesn't swing a lot. Back in the day, there may have been a huge swing, but Royal Caribbean and a lot of the cruise lines over the last couple of years decided, you know what, it's not really conducive to have these wild swings in price from one place to another. So the idea is that you should be able to pay the same price for your cruise uh, no matter where you book it. Now, there are some other ways around it, some things like rebating, where the price is the same, but maybe a travel agency offers you money on the back end of the deal like on to, to help bring down the total cost or give you more incentive. That's a whole different subject for a whole different day. But the bottom line is the price is the same everywhere. And when we talk about pricing, there's something another concept to understand about Royal Caribbean cruise pricing, and this is cruise pricing in general, is that the price of your cruise is different than the price of jeans at the mall. You go to the mall and you go buy a pair of jeans. The price of jeans, you know, one week may be $19.99. But next week there might be a different sale in which the price comes down to $17.99. The difference is... In the mall, if you and I both go to buy pairs of jeans, no matter what our size is, you know, we're both getting the same price for the same pair of jeans, right? But with cruise ships, it's a little different. There's not a standard pricing. In fact, cruise ship fares are a lot like airfares in that they're very much dependent on supply and demand. So what that means is when Royal Caribbean announces a new itinerary, let's say you know a couple of years in advance, they'll say, okay, we're going to open up sailings for you know Alaska in the year 2022. And when they announce those those sailings, the ship is literally empty. There's not one cabin booked. So all the supply is there. No one's booked a room yet. And what happens is as people start buying cabins and booking cabins, the amount of rooms on the ship start to go down, right? Because, of course, as rooms are taken up, there's less supply, and thus that drives prices up slowly and gradually. It's not usually a very... Quick thing, but it can change. In fact, sometimes you may be sitting on the website looking at a fare and say, Oh, that looks good. Let me go ask my spouse, Hey, spouse, should we book this cruise? Oh, that would be lovely. Let's book it. Okay. uh, Let me go refresh that page now. What? It went up? Yeah, it can happen just as easily as that. It's one of those weird things. It's actually a frustrating point about booking a cruise, quite honestly, is that it can change. In fact, the price that you pay for your room on your sailing can be completely different than the same room on the sailing the week after or the week before. Heck, it can even be a different price on the same – different people on the same ship, right? If you book your cruise two years in advance versus somebody who books their cruise six months before the sale date, you may find completely different pricing all around. And a little bit of this is the supply and demand, and a little bit of this is the economics that Royal Caribbean has instituted in its pricing model but it's important to understand how the pricing works and one of the mantras that i try to spread here at com is that you should try to book your cruise as early as possible. Now we're going to talk about a lot, of, a lot about promotions and the different deals being offered, but in general, and again, have emphasis on the word general, when you're looking to get the lowest possible price, the earlier you book the cruise, Odds are the better your price is going to be. What typically happens is real career wants people to book their cruises further in advance. They don't want last-minute sales. They don't want to offer uh, you know, go into the last couple of weeks before a sale date and have all these unsold cabins. They want to have these things taken up in advance, so they offer better prices uh, in the in the months and years preceding a sale date. What this means is If you're looking to book a cruise, if you know, well, um, you know, this episode's coming out here in late 2017, and if you're looking for a 2018 vacation for your family, well, you should book the cruise a lot sooner than waiting until even sometime next year, despite everything else we're going to talk about with the promotions, because in general, the earlier you book, the more lucrative the savings are long-term, meaning that when you get to your closer to your sale date in 2018, you will realize, wow, the price I paid back in late in 2017 was a lot better than it's looking right now because as the more and more rooms start to get booked up on the ship, there's less inventory and thus prices tend to go up. One other thing about, of course, promotions and sales, we're going to talk a lot about promotions and, and the different variations of them, but the reality is, and this is based on my own experience, not necessarily scientific proof, so take this with a grain of salt, but in general most sales in fact a vast majority of sales do not benefit everybody. Just like that that the jeans model I used earlier in this episode about, you know, going to the Gap and buying a pair of jeans, you know, when there's a sale on a pair of jeans, everybody can go get that take advantage of that sale. Right? As long as they have inventory for it, you can go get the price. When it comes to cruise fare, it's a little bit different. And regardless of the promotion or sale so you're talking about, it doesn't really have a huge impact on everybody in fact most sales affect somebody I often tell people you know who come to me and say Matt I you know I, I saw there was this new promotion out there but the price hasn't changed or the price has gone up how can that be and the reality is sales and promotions usually benefit some people some people benefit from them but not everybody will benefit from a particular sale or promotion that's like truth number one when it comes to these so you may find a bunch of people saying well you know what this promotion doesn't help me at all I was looking at the sailing I've got same exact price, no difference here whatsoever. But you'll find some other people will say, "Yeah, I saved twenty dollars, a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars, who knows how much." But there's a lot of different promotions that are out there. But the bottom line is that it doesn't. While no sale benefits everybody, you will eventually may find actually one promotion comes around and woo, all of a sudden your promotion, your selling is got a better deal for it. So you want to understand that to begin with. Number two is of course to keep checking prices. If you live in a country like the United States. Canada, and Australia where you can cancel and rebook your cruise all the way up until your final payment date without penalty, then you really have a huge advantage because you can book that cruise two years in advance, and if the price drops in two, six, eight months from now, whenever, anytime between now and your sale date, you can cancel and rebook and take advantage of it and you know obviously save some money there. And that's a huge mental peace of mind, actually. Because you know that you're booking the cruise now. You're taking advantage of whatever promotion happens to be out there. But in the back of your mind, you know, if the price drops tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, and you've got time before your final payment date, you can take advantage of that. So there's very little risk involved other than putting the deposit down. Now, if you live in other countries like the UK, as an example, they don't have these rules and you can't cancel and rebook without penalty. There's a significant penalty, in fact, in the UK for doing so. So the penalty, so that doesn't really apply, but this goes back to my original strategy, which is, Book your cruise as early as you can for the best possible prices. So with all that being said, we can obviously talk about the different promotions that are out there. And as I said, Royal Caribbean offers a lot of promotions these, these days. I mean, it's just, it's incredible how many they offer. There is usually the monthly sale. There's usually a weekend sale that gets extended inevitably. There's a lot of promotions out there. And when you talk about promotions, probably the most prolific Royal Caribbean promotion to date today that happens regularly are the BOGO deals. Buy one, get one. Usually, it's a BOGO 50% off, so buy one, get one 50% off, and the hook is that if you buy one cruise fare at full fare, you get the second one discounted, and it's evidently very popular with first-time cruisers because who doesn't want, you know, who doesn't enjoy 50% 50% off the second passenger. It's, it's it's a great deal. One of the things that can be tricky about BOGO deals is understanding what exactly is priced at. And oftentimes people say, Ooh, BOGO, let me go look on it. So go to the website. All right, let me click around. Let me book a cruise. Ooh, look at this. Oasis of the Sea, Seven Nights, nice, perfect. Ah, here's the price $700 a person. So that must mean, ah, with the BOGOs, it'd be $700 for me and $350 for my spouse. Awesome, right? Not exactly. What happened is the $700 fare you already see there has already been, has already had the BOGO deal accounted for. So it's already incorporated into it. So it's not necessarily, you know, wrong or or, or incorrect. It's just, it could be slightly misleading with it. But it is a pretty good deal. In fact, these days, oftentimes you will find BOGO 50% off for the first and second passenger. And then third and fourth passengers can usually be maybe twenty five percent off. That's not terribly uncommon these days with what Royal Caribbean offers you. Now there's other promotions as well. There's kids sail free. Kids sail free is an option that's been. I remember the first time they offered kids sail free. Kids sail free when they first first offered was amazing because it literally was third and fourth passengers in the same stateroom get free ferry. You do have to pay your cruise port fees and taxes, but that's you know chump change compared to the actual cruise fare itself, and saved a lot of money. In fact, the first time Royal Caribbean ever offered kids sale free, they actually just said, you know what, forget the age restriction, third and fourth passengers in general were free, and it was really lucrative. Since then, I think somebody at Royal Caribbean decided to say, you know what, maybe that was too good of a deal, so they started scaling it back, and they scaled it back in a couple ways. Number one, there are now many more blackout dates for it, and the blackout dates, as you expect. Come over across times like spring break, major holidays, school vacations, and whatnot. So, if you're willing to pull your kids out of school, it can be very good. And of course, the word "kids" is the other aspect of this deal. Uh, Royal Caribbean defines kids as children twelve years and younger. So, when you're talking about you know your your fourteen year old, while he or she may be terribly immature and through still throw temper tantrums and still only eat chicken nuggets and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, they're considered an adult by Royal Caribbean standards. So. That's something to keep in mind. And of course, if you book two rooms, that doesn't that kids sale free doesn't apply because it's only third and fourth passengers in the same room. But I would say kids sale free is probably the most lucrative promotion that is out there in terms of just saving you the most amount of money off your cruise fare. Assuming you have children, of course, you don't have kids. Well, that's not really going to help you. There are other promotions that are out there, but these promotions tend not to be offered nearly as frequently as the BOGO and kids sale free deals. But They are worth noting. First and foremost, the WoW sales. In fact, when I first started RoyalComingBlog.com, the WoW sales were the sale. They were the sale that came out quarterly, basically. And they still kind of do come out quarterly, although it seems to be a little more like maybe not quite four times a year. But anyway, the WoW sales basically offer you a... Money off the cruise, reduced deposit, and some other promotions that can vary obviously from WoW sale to WoW sale. How lucrative the WoW sale is, it seems to not be as nearly as lucrative as it used to be, but of course the pop-up of all these BOGO deals has kind of changed the landscape, whereas before there were no real discounts other than WoW sales, and now there are some we're seeing a little bit of a different kind of game at hand, but... For a lot of people, I think what most people enjoy about WoW sales is worth the reduced deposits more than anything. And, of course, money off the cruise is always nice. Speaking of money off the cruise, there's also other promotions like 30% off all cruisers. I like to think 30% off all cruisers is a pretty good across-the-board discount. It tends to favor, again, people that have uh, third and fourth passengers in the same room. This is especially beneficial For people that have third and fourth passengers in the same room who may not be children, so obviously the kids' sale free deal not applying here. Thirty percent off all passengers. If you can put four people in one room, you'll you'll actually save a lot of money. uh, Ordinarily, at least with thirty percent off deal, uh, there you may also find some other promotions offered by Royal Caribbean, things like free shore excursions, free gratuities. They're not nearly or free dining even for some restaurants here or there. They're not nearly as lucrative, I think, in the other as the other ones because oftentimes. You know, getting money off your cruise fare is what most people look at rather than gratuities which you know look gratuities can accrue a fair amount of money or short excursions can run up your bills as well. but they're not nearly as beneficial for most people as saving money off the cruise fare. And a lot of times, you also find onboard credit being offered. And of course, onboard credit is money you can spend onboard your ship. So basically, the money that you get is onboard credit. You get to spend once onboard your cruise on basically anything you can purchase. Onboard credit is not applied towards certain purchases. So it's not to say that I want use my onboard credit towards a drink package. Well, you can, but it's not really specialized like that. What I mean by that is you'll have a credit against your CPAS account. So coming into the cruise, let's say you have $200 onboard credit. Your account balance will be minus two hundred dollars. So if you spend, if you buy a drink package and it goes for a seven night cruise, you know three hundred fifty dollars. Well, now your net is one hundred and fifty dollars with that onboard credit applied, right? It's, a, it's just it's just a credit against your credit, just like if you get a credit on your credit card at home. It's the same basic idea there. And so, you know, onboard credits, though, for a lot of people, you know, this goes into a more of a theological debate. Would you prefer money off the cruise fare with no money to spend on board or would you rather have money to spend on board but pay a higher fee for your cruise fare? I think most people tend to say they want money off the cruise fare. But for other people, it's like, well, if I'm booking my cruise two years in advance and I can make payments over time, which is a great strategy to help pay off your cruise, having money, free money to spend on board the ship ain't bad as well. Now, speaking of free money and discounts, but that leads us into the Next Cruise promotion. Now, the Next Cruise is the program that Royal Caribbean offers on board a Royal Caribbean ship. So you have to get on board a Royal Caribbean ship first, and then you book another cruise while on board through the Next Cruise office, and you can take advantage of certain benefits. The Next Cruise program has changed a lot over the years. In fact, if you listen to some older episodes of this podcast, I'm sure you will hear me wax poetically about how amazing it is. It's still free money at the end of the day, but Royal Caribbean has kind of changed it a lot especially over the last 12 to 18 months, I would say. And a lot of that stems from two basic things. Number one, Royal Caribbean's is in a lot better financial situation today than they were a couple of years ago. As a result, they don't need to offer as deep discounts as they used to. Number two, there was a lot of gaming going on by guests with the Next Cruise program. Gaming me in the sense of taking advantage of the program for trying to essentially either just have a backup option or... Or looking for ways to get that money up front and then canceling the cruise and basically trying to get more money out of the system than it was intended. So as a result of all those things, Royal Caribbean has changed the program. You can still get free money. And when I say free money is if you book a cruise in next cruise versus booking that same cruise back home, Royal Caribbean will give you some extra onboard credit on top of the deal. Secondly, Royal Caribbean, depending on the room you book, there's some other restrictions involved like non-refundable fares and things of that nature. In fact, non-refundable fares are now an option for all guests whether you're booking on board the ship or not. Non-refundable fares are a lot like booking a non-refundable rental car or a non-refundable flight or some other things where basically you're going to pay less. In fact, in, in Royal Caribbean's case, you're going to pay less and get some onboard credit back potentially. But the trade-off is you can't change your cruise without penalty. You can however reprice, you can change rooms if you within the sailing that you book. So if you know you're on the January 1st sailing of of Navigator of the Seas and you book that non-refundable fare. If you want to change rooms, if the price drops on that same sailing of January 1st, you're you're totally covered. No problem at all. But if you want to cancel your cruise, if you want to change to a different sailing or a different ship, then you incur the the there's a cancel there's a penalty fee for doing so and I would argue in most cases it probably negates any benefits of changing that. So for a lot of people this is, you know, a, a debate also of should you book Refundable or non-refundable fares. Personally, I don't book non-refundable fares just because you never know. Uh, even when I book group cruises, I still. I'm not saying there's a, there's a doubt in my mind I won't go to it, but it's it's a big leap of faith for me. And having that peace of mind that if I do want to change a sale date, because sometimes I'll book a, a sailing, and I've done this before, where I thought this will be the next Royal Caribbean group cruise for sure, and then a month or two goes by, and I go, nope, that's not the group cruise. This one's gonna be the group cruise. It's been known to happen. So my suggestion is look at the non-refundable fares very stringently. And unless you have this thought process going through your head of, yes, there is no doubt in my mind, I am absolutely 1,000% certainty going on this cruise. If you don't think that, then don't get the non-refundable fare. There are some rooms, however, that do require that. Guarantee rooms and suites, and that's a result of, again, some of the gamification that was going on with some people earlier. Uh, but For for better or worse, they are available for you to take advantage of. But again, with all these promotions, these are options for you to choose from. Now, there are also some other minor sales and promotions that are available, things like the the shareholder discount for Royal stockholders. There's a Crown and Anchor Society balcony discount if you are a Platinum member or above. Uh, There are resident discounts. There are vocational discounts. In many cases, a lot of these discounts are not combinable with other promotions. Like the shareholder discount is basically not combinable with anything as far as I'm as far as I'm aware of. The balcony discount is usually pretty combinable, but some of the more lucrative promotions that come out there, like kids sale free, tend not to be combinable with those other smaller ones. So I mean really the big savings are when you can stack discounts on top of each other. But it's not usually the case these days. So the question that I raised earlier in this show, and I think a lot of people will always wonder this, is Matt, should I wait for a sale to book? Uh, you know, maybe there's Black Friday. We've Matt, you know, if you go to RoyalCremeblog.com and you search for Black Friday, a couple of years ago, in fact I remember 2015, there was an amazing deal by Royal Caribbean on Black Friday and Cyber Monday that offered just huge savings. By the way, if you have no idea what Black Friday is or Cyber Monday, odds are you don't live in the United States or Canada and have no <laughs> have no idea what the heck these are. These are uh, made up retail holidays, and I use the, air, the words in air quotes there, uh, here in the United States primarily, where a lot of retailers really go crazy because they want to get a head start on the holiday shopping season, and so they offer some lucrative discounts. Uh, as a result, uh, Royal Caribbean has gotten into that a little bit. Again, in 2015, it was really lucrative. If you go to Royal and search for the 2015 Black Friday deal, I think you'll be pretty impressed by it. 2016 was more of a, well, Not as good as 2015, but still there. But again, how good it'll be in 2017, I have no idea. Rokerman doesn't tell me ahead of time. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. But you know, there's so many different... Should you wait for a sale? That's one of the most common questions I get. And I often tell people, don't. Don't wait for a sale. Book it as soon as you can. Especially if you live in a country where you can cancel and rebook without penalty. So United States, Canada, Australia. I'm sure there are other countries as well. I'm just not familiar with their local rules there. But... The earlier you book your cruise, it will almost always supersede different promotions that are out there. What happens, the promotions will move the, the meter you know, a tick here, or a tick there, but in reality, it really doesn't affect wholesale the price of cruise fares. Certainly not to the level I think that Royal Caribbean's marketing team makes you want to uh, believe that's the case. It really isn't, and it's it is what it is. It's you know all companies engage in their own marketing practices and and do things the way they feel is going to you know get sales in there. And clearly, it's working for them. If you look at their stock price and you look at how well their crews are selling out, yeah, I would definitely say that they're doing a great job with it. So it's working for them. My the bottom line is, if you want the lowest fare. My suggestion is you book your cruise as early as you can. Even if you're going on a sailing in a month or two and you're thinking about using Next Cruise, even if you know there's a promotion coming out, maybe Black Friday's coming around the corner or July 4th or Veterans Day or you know any of those holidays where you typically expect to find a promotion out there, I still think you're better off booking it now and then when you get to those holidays, you get to those promotions that come out there, repricing at that point, and if you're before final payment date, Canceling and rebooking again. A good travel agent is definitely a great partner in this process because they will make it a whole lot easier on you to be able to do that. Not only repricing it and, of course, rebooking it. There's a lot that goes into that. So, my again, the bottom line is, and this is a generalization. It may not work for everybody. Some people swear by. Oh no, no, no! I always book a next cruise. And I get the best possible deal there. You know, the extra money really does help. You know what? You're, you're right. But I mean, of course, there is the risk if you wait to book. The risk is the price will go up beforehand between, or between now and when you're waiting for and any promotional deal that's out there that is great may be negated by the price cruise fare increase. It's hard to say and no one really knows for certain, so it's kind of a gamble in that regard. But again, if you can cancel and rebook, I don't see there's much of a gamble with it, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, there's one other kind of promotion that we probably should talk about or what kind of sale we should talk about, and those are cruise planner sales. This is kind of a new thing, and they kind of debuted, as I recall, in 2016. I remember seeing it for the first time and it was kind of a big deal. They still get a lot of attention and these are sales on pre-cruise purchases. You already purchased your cruise. You already booked your cruise fare but all those things like drink packages, dining packages, shore excursions and tours and the arcade credits, all the things you can book before your cruise via Royal Caribbean's Cruise Planner website, fairly regularly Royal Caribbean offers a Cruise Planner sale. They happen... I would say somewhere in the ballpark of every four to six weeks, usually around holidays, you know, Labor Day, Memorial Day, July 4th, we'll typically see them. And cruise planner sales, how good they were or how good they are, it'll vary. They seem to have been, it seems like uh, they were probably a little bit better back in the day. I remember when they first started showing up there and the unlimited alcohol package was discounted, but not so much these days with the cruise planner sales that we see, just because the unlimited alcohol package sells so well. They don't need to discount it, but there are usually discounts on things like the Royal Refreshment Drink Package or the Soda Package, and the Refreshment Package is a non-alcoholic drink package, shore excursions, tours, things like that, spa massages, you'll find a lot of discounts on through these cruise planner sales. And Just like booking your cruise fare, your best bet is to book your cruise planner purchases as soon as you find a price you like. In fact, I would book it before even you see a cruise planner sale, just because you can cancel and rebook anything on the cruise planner up until about four days before your cruise without any penalty. So it's very easy to do so I do it all the time. Basically, you book something on the cruise planner. Then if you want to cancel it, you go to your history in the cruise planner, cancel that item, then go rebook it again. It's very simple to do. It just takes a couple days for the refund to hit your credit card. But it's trivial, really, because you already made the purchase on the credit card. So unless you get a freakishly weird billing cycle, it should be happening on the same billing cycle. Uh, Statement, so it's kind of a wash in that regard. Uh, To me, the cruise planner sales are always worth looking at. uh, But again, my advice is to book – if you know you want to buy a drink package, you know you want to buy a dining package, book it as soon as you know that. And then when the cruise planner sales come out – and we always post about sales at realcareendblog.com, whether it's cruise planner sale or cruise fare sale, I might add. You can go back into the cruise planner and cancel and rebook if there's a price uh, savings that, that are available to you. And the reason being we have seen many, many times, and I fall victim to this as well because I don't always take my own advice, where the price is something that you say, I'm going to book it later, I'm going to book it later, I'm going to book it later, ends up going up in price. Maybe it's a couple dollars, maybe it's maybe it's a little bit more than that, but regardless, it's still that mental, oh, I could have got it for a lower price. So don't fall prey to that. Book it as early as you can. So in summary, when you're looking back at everything we're talking about here, the key, again, to a deal is to book your cruise as early as you can. Sales promotions are something that will not necessarily benefit everybody, but they can benefit some people and in that maybe you're one of those people. So it is important to look at what the cruise fare what the cruise sale is offering, how it may benefit you, and looking at, you know, the fine print a lot of times, the blackout dates, how the cruise fare is calculated. And what's important to you? Inevitably, are you more interested in getting money off a cruise fare? Do you want onboard credit? Are you looking for gratuities to be paid off? You know, are, are kids sailing free a better deal for you? There's a lot of considerations involved, and that's what makes this so difficult. Because I can't give everybody a rec- I can't say a recommendation. This is what you should do to get a best possible deal. Everybody needs to do A, B, C, and D. No, because that may benefit you know a, a percentage of our listeners, but not everybody. So it really comes down to you knowing what you're looking for and being aggressive with repricing, but. I think inevitably, whether it's a cruise planner sale or a cruise fare sale, book it as early as you can. It is the most reliable way to get the lowest possible price long-term. All right, time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast where we answer your emails about anything you want to talk about Royal Caribbean related, that is. And of course, you can always send me an email, matt, M-A-T-T, at matt, at Our first email this week comes to us from David Liu, who writes, Matt, ever since my sister recommended your podcast before our Alaska cruise last year, I've been an avid listener and have it on my bucket list to get my letter read on the show. Or dare I entertain the possibility of talking live about Royal Korean with you? After a year and a half of planning, we just took and returned from a 14-day royal Caribbean cruise on independence of the sea to the western Mediterranean. In short, it was a fantastic trip. There were so many highlights that it's difficult to narrow them down to short bullet lists, but I'll try. Ship left left out of Southampton, England and traveled to Gibraltar, Villefranche, Nice and the French Riviera, Rome, Liverno, Marseille, Malaga, and Lisbon. Had a balcony cabin on the starboard side, very close to the rear staircase, and just two decks below the windjammer. so for breakfast, we could just run upstairs to grab some food, eat in our balcony while watching the ship come into port. Overall, the weather was fantastic, sunny nearly every day with highs in the 80s for inland ports, and the 70s for coastal ports. However, the sea days between Southampton and Gibraltar, it was in the 60s and windy. We did encounter one storm between Laverno and Marseille, but it was just meant for some wobbly walking in the hallways, and outside the decks were closed did a shore excursion at every port, but chose to use independent providers. All were spectacular and very conscious of when we need to get back to the port. One person we met did the Royal Caribbean shore excursion for Rome and was disappointed. They joined us for our Florence tour, and it was the highlight of their trip. Malaga was probably our favorite, as we did a walking and tasting tour of various delicacies the region had to offer. Both Florence and Rome are a 90-minute drive from the port, so be prepared to take three to four hours out of your time in port for travel. Since I coordinated the sh- shore excursions... I contacted each party for a meet-and-greet lunch on our second sea day. We were able to place faces with names and became great friends both on and off the ship. We also had a farewell lunch on one of the days was the cruise effect our last day. The hostess was a bit taken back when I asked for a table of 13. Purchased the BOGO Specialty Dining Package. First night is on day one embarkation day, and the second night you can reserve whenever you want. While good, we were a bit disappointed in Chop's Grill. However, my wife agrees with you that the eggplant parmigiana at Giovanni's was superb. We also purchased the Bottomless Brunch and Galley Tour. This tour was disappointing. We were hoping to see the chefs in action preparing plates and hear more th- statistics about the kitchen operations. But all we really saw was the kitchen. I did find out later uh, that 6,000 eggs are used each week on Independence of the Seas. The brunch portion was great with unlimited champagne and mimosas. They also had a filet mignon with lobster tail as an entree, which was delicious. Uh, speaking of lobster, we were pleasantly surprised to find lobster tails and shrimp offered in the Windsor on several days. We probably had some sort of shellfish on five to seven days. Who would think you could get tired of lobster? I've also confirmed that the showers are bigger at the fitness center, than you can, and you can use them whenever they are open. Especially helpful, we are both exercise and getting ready for formal night. In general, British people dress more formally for dinner. One informal on night, there were three of them, I estimated at least half of the men in the dining room were in tuxedos, and the women were in long evening gowns. Even on casual nights, the women in particular were more dressed up. Greece was exceptional. Fun fact, the movie version included songs that were not in the original Broadway production. As a result, Royal Caribbean had to procure the rights of both the Broadway musical and the movie. Combined with sets, costumes, and talent, this is the most expensive Royal Caribbean musical. No wonder it's shown on two ships. And lastly, embarkation and disembarkation was a piece of cake. It took us 10 minutes to leave the ship, get our bags, and go through customs. Well... That's probably more than you fit into your show, and there's so much more that went into planning a ship and life on a cruise for 14 days. I now know what my travel agent meant when we took our first cruise, and we were told seven days is a minimum. Thanks for reading. David, wonderful email, my friend. This is great. I love the breakdown of it. It sounds like an amazing time, and you're right about a couple things. Number one, seven nights is got to be the minimum for any kind of a cruise sailing. There's so much that happens on these ships, both on and off. And you you just, uh, you can't get it all done or even come close to getting it all done in less than seven nights. So certainly having 14 is amazing. I know that every time I take a cruise with more than seven nights, like an eight or a nine night cruise in my experiences, I always remember thinking to myself, man, this feels good. You know, not dreading day six into day seven. Having a little extra time really does make a difference. And I'm sure 14 days is really great. Thank you for the breakdowns of the different ports, especially in Europe. something, a topic that we honestly don't get enough coverage here at RoyalGreenBlog.com and I will tell you that it sounds like you had a fabulous time there and some amazing ports you got to go to especially going out of Southampton because a lot of the ports you talked about usually you attribute with the Mediterranean cruise going out of Barcelona so being able to go out of London and go in and include places like Lisbon, Portugal and and also still being you know Gibraltar and still being able to hit you know ports in, in Italy and France wow what an amazing itinerary I am jealous David sounds like an awesome time thank you for sharing it with all of us. Next, we have another cruise review. I love these cruise reviews. It is from Kimberly, who writes, Matt, looks like you're having a fabulous cruise on Harmony of the Seas. Now you all know when she wrote this. Thought I would give you a few notes from our September 3rd sailing on Liberty of the Seas out of Galveston. We were so worried the weeks leading up to our cruise because of the weather reports of Hurricane Harvey and the cruise cancellation that would hours. My husband and I are three children, ages 16, 11, and 5. And my 67-year-old mother, with mobility problems, drove 12 hours to reach Galveston. We were worried about not being able to make the drive through Houston because of the flooding, but we didn't have any trouble. We had a great experience and a wonderful weather all week. Highlights on board were the evening shows, the Tidal Wave Raft Ride, Kids Cupcake Decorating Class, the Adult Cupcake Decorating Class, Adventure Ocean, our five-year-old... Told us many times we want to go to Venture Ocean rather than stay with the family. She loved it, and we loved making friends with the dinner with the dinner and room staff. They all adored and pampered my hug loving little social butterfly who's five years old. She even cried our last night with them. I think our assistant waiter was close to crying herself. For excursions, we booked our excursions through our travel agent that of through Royal Caribbean. Groups were very small. A few, we were the only ones in the group. For Roatan, we did the combo of zipline, horseback, and snorkeling for my husband and I and the two oldest kids. It was our favorite excursion. Nine zipline stations, horseback. Riding was hot, but still fun and easy for any level of horse rider. Struggling a reef and a shipwreck was awesome. In Costa Maya, the whole family did the Ben Mayan Ruins. It was interesting, but very hot. I have to brag on the shore excursion people. They brought cold bottled water for everyone, and one of them offered to push my mom's wheelchair through the rough... Uh, walking paths and the grass area and stayed with her while we climbed up to see further the other ruins. It was such a blessing. Uh, next, we went to Seven Colors Lagoon. They had chicken fajita lunch, shaded beach chairs, kayaking, and a water slide. Not much to see snorkeling since it was fresh water, but it was really nice. In Cosmo, we went to Chukanab. The whole family loved the manatee swim. Just a couple of uh, not so greats here we'll include as well. I purchased online the 50% off specially dining package for the first night. I reserved Chops Scroll for 5 30 p.m. We showed up to chops at 5 30 and was told that they didn't have reservations for us. That our reservation was for Sabor. One person told us that they needed to have that we needed to come and reserve chops as soon as we got on board the ship. They in no way tried to help us by making any other offers. They just told us that we had a book we had a book for Sabor and that they were full. This was going to be a special splurge for us, and we did not plan to eat specially dining any other time. We went to Sabor and it was very good, and the off was great. But by then we were already disappointed and aggravated. My other disappointment was the highly aggressive shopping in Cozumel, and is fault is my fault for being gullible. We bought a ring in Port at the Silver of the Sea shop and was told it was Tanzanite. We paid just under two hundred dollars. When we got back home, a jeweler friend said it is CZ. I don't know what CZ means, but a, a purple a piece of purple glass. That same day as my daughter and I are walking by another shop, the salesperson says, hey, lady, you dropped something. I turned around to look around, and he comes and grabs my arm, and she's pulling me into his shop. I had not dropped anything. Not a big deal, but one thing we missed this cruise from our previous cruises with Rowan and Celebrity probably 10 years ago was the all chuckle buffet and elaborate ice sculptures. Overall, our week was a great one. We were so fortunate with the weather, and with my mother feeling up to doing the excursions we had hoped for. Thank you so much for the podcast. They were extremely helpful in preparing us for our Royal Caribbean cruise. Well, Kermit, I'm glad overall you had a great time in there. And you know what? It's interesting. I, I want to turn your your negative experiences into a positive, or at least put a face on them, in that I experience things like this all I haven't been grabbed and <laughs> said, sir, you've dropped something and been dragged into a-, into a shop. Jeez, I mean, just on that, I would not buy anything on principle. But, you know, screw-ups on Royal Caribbean's part, they happen. I've, I've told people the story a lot of times. There was one cruise. Actually, it was a group cruise, and I actually my my entire reservation got accidentally canceled by Royal Caribbean. It happened that way, and and now luckily I my travel agent was the one who fueled all the prompts. So I had no issues. You know, I was just <laughs> I went back to recording podcast episodes while they were fighting with all that. But bad things happen, I think, more often than you think. It's just it's a nature of the beast. It's a ma- it's a major company. There's a lot of moving parts to it. It happens to everybody. And what I wanna what I while I'm bringing this up is I think that. You have to understand that these kind of things can happen, unfortunately. And I can totally understand, sympathize with you, Kimberly. Of course, you had your heart set on Chop's Grill, and I, reading your email, I'm disappointed that you didn't get a chance to try that because, of course, that was your one night you wanted to do it. And clearly, the staff was not very helpful. It was probably mitig- it was probably not helpful that they were also booking them because if they had to have full restaurant, I am certain they would have taken a reservation, no problem at all. But they were using that as an excuse to not, you know, help you out because they said, well, they're sold out anyway. Thus, unfortunately, you're gonna have to go to Sabor. And what I'm trying to say is that disappointments like this can happen. Things, snafus can occur. The bottom line is it's up to you not to let them ruin your cruise. You know, it's, it's, I often joke with my wife, you know, hashtag cruise ruined, right? You know, and these, sometimes you'll read, you go to message boards or, or Facebook and you see people, well, my cruise is ruined. And you say, oh my gosh what happened? Certainly, there must be something, you know, terrible, and it's always something like, you know, my pillow wasn't to my liking, you know, something really, it sounds petty now, but in the moment, you're upset, and I would be upset too, Kimberly, if I had booked a restaurant that I was expecting to go to, and they're like, no, sir, you booked some other restaurant, and then, of course, you said, what are you talking about, and, you know, what are you gonna do, right, you're gonna start yelling at them, there's not a whole lot you can do, so, a, we've all been there, and B, don't let it ruin your cruise. It sounds like you didn't let it do that, which is great. So I'm I'm hoping to use your experience, Kimberly, to show people that things can happen like this from time to time. Not all the time; it shouldn't ha- it should not be a regular occurrence, and it's not a it's not an excuse. It shouldn't just say, "Well, okay, you know, it, it, it's okay that it happened." You could be upset, and you know, certainly make sure you let Royal Caribbean know about it, and and you know, let them know. Explain the problem to them, I and mean, you've got to go to get services and, and do everything you have to do to, to feel like you've gotten your situation rectified in one way or another. But, what I, but I also don't want you to let it ruin your vacation. Don't sit around and, and let it sour the taste in your mouth, proverbially, of the rest of the sailing. And, and I think it sounds like you didn't let do that. So that's great and wonderful. I'm glad you were able to share this with us because it's a good opportunity to kind of take a step back and look at this whole thing. I love your recommendations, by the way, in Roatan and Costa Maya especially. I'm going to both ports a couple times next year in 2018. I'm very excited for that. And the Zipline, Horseback, and Snorkeling, well, two out of three sound really good. I don't like snorkeling. But, but Zipline and Horseback riding, that's an amazing one. And you're right, depending on the weather, when you go to these Central American ports, you know, a lot of these activities are, I often say, well, it's good as long as it's not terribly hot. Like, if you were to go in January or February to something in the jungle, like whether it's a zip line or it's a Mayan ruin, it's a lot more enjoyable than you go in July or September, <laughs> where it's really, really hot out. So, uh-huh. good stuff, Kimberly. Thank you for sharing it with us. And we have time for one more email. And that is going to be coming from uh, Eddie Krafcek writes Eddie, uh, Eddie writes to me. Uh, I discovered your podcast a couple months ago, and I must say that you, your guests, and the Royal Caribbean blog provide great and knowledgeable insight into the Royal Caribbean, for which I've gained lots of useful information and tips. This is our first Royal Caribbean cruise, but we did the Pacific Islands with Carnival a few years ago. My wife and I are flying in from Australia as part of our 30th wedding anniversary. After spending a week in Orlando, we then, we are then jumping on board Harmony of the Seas, commencing late November, and doing consecutive cruises to the Eastern and Western Caribbean. The first week, we are in an ocean view balcony cabin. The second week, move into a boardwalk balcony cabin. Just wondering whether you could assist with some information in the following questions. After week one, as we are changing cabins, what happens to our luggage? Uh-huh. I realize I will need I will need to print off luggage tags for both weeks for one and two. But how will the cabins have to know that we're staying on board and which send our luggage to the next cabin? Would it help if we spoke with the cabin steward or guest services? All right, let's start. Let's stop right there. So, when you have consecutive sailings on the same ship, uh-huh. even if you're changing cabins, what's supposed to happen. Actually, in my, most cases, not all cases, but I've certainly heard enough cases where. What typically happens is you talk to your room steward. They're going to know about it. A, hey, you're going to get a letter in your stateroom around the towards the end of your first sailing. Say, hey, you're a consecutive sailor, you know, uh-huh. and with instructions on what to do, where to report on the last day of or the last morning, I should say, of your first cruise, the first morning of your second cruise, and instructions for what to do. In most cases, Royal Caribbean will actually transport your stuff for you. You just pack it up and, and they move it for you. Um, I have heard a couple times where they haven't done that, but speak to your room steward is the best thing I can explain to you. That's the most, the easiest thing for you to do. I'm sure they're going to be able to assist you with that. And again, follow that letter that you're going to get in your stateroom for where to go because you don't actually leave this. You don't leave the ship like everybody else does. You do. You go to a special area. They escort you. Bring you back. It's a special process, and you're literally one of the first people back on board the ship. Uh, Eddie also writes, "As we are doing back-to-back cruises, I presume I will need to print offset cell passes for both weeks." Or do I only need a pass for both weeks? You know, I actually don't know the answer to this. I assume you don't need it because you're going to be on the ship. They're going to know. They know. You know what I mean? Uh, Like I said, you're going to get that letter in the mail. I would probably print both out anyway. I mean, there's no harm in it. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. I honestly don't know. If someone has done consecutive cruises, please send me an email, matt at realcoringblog.com. Or better yet, post in our comments on this week's episode on realcoringblog.com and uh, let us all know what your experience is. My, my sense of it is they know, so there's really no point, because the set sail pass is really for check-in at the pier, not so much once you're on board the ship. So, um... Eddie also writes, "...as you've recently completed the same itinerary as ours, it appears the ports of Labadee, Falma, and the Cosmell have recovered from the recent hurricanes. Is it true?" Yes, it is. Uh, "...one port that I was looking forward to on Easter Caribbean was St. Martin, particularly Princess Juliana Airport, which I read Royal Caribbean is avoiding due to the result of Hurricane Irma. Do you know whether it will be ready for the cruise in early December?" So in terms of Saint Martin, the Royal Caribbean will return to Saint Martin, but it won't happen until December seventeenth with Grandeur of the Seas. So I think, based on your sail dates, and I'm reading them right, that's not you're not going to be able to go there. Unfortunately, you probably already know about this. There's probably already a itinerary change for you. But the good news is Royal Caribbean will be returning to Saint Martin, but uh, not until at least uh, December seventeenth. So. Uh, finally, after uh, one, week one when we arrive in Fort Lauderdale, if we decide to disembark and explore Fort Lauderdale, when we come back to the ship, is it a separate entrance for existing existing passengers with a sea pass similar to when you embark at other ports or do we need to queue up with all new passengers? Alternatively, if we decide to stay on board, with will all or most food and entertainment facilities be open or do they close, to replenish, and do a massive cleanup operation? Once again, thank you very much for your blog and helpful information and happy cruising. So if you get off the ship to go explore, which is a great idea because you, you can go to Miami, you can go to Fort Lauderdale, yeah, then you're basically everybody else. I mean, you you'll need that second sale, set sail pass, and but your embarkation, you know, your check in process is pretty straightforward from there. In fact, you're if you. Uh, your sea pass card from week one may actually you either will get a new one, or the date on it may include the second week of sailing. I'm not un- honestly sure, but you're going to be all taken care of. There's nothing like crazy involved with it. There's nothing that you have to worry about in terms of going through a special line or anything. You will have to go through security again. You will need to go show your your set sail pass and, and get back in, but it's it's fairly straightforward, especially since you don't have any luggage with you. You're just kind of <laughs> coming in by yourself, so it won't really be that bad. Now, of course, if you're getting off the ship. I'm assuming you're, gonna, you're not coming back until certainly the afternoon, in which case you probably won't find that many lines on there. But uh, I think your re reembarkation process should be pretty smooth. I wouldn't worry too much about it. But again, uh, if you do decide to stay on board the ship, most facilities are open. It's the time between when passengers from cruise one are supposed to be off the ship and they haven't yet opened up for cruise two that some facilities will be closed. Like As an example, the Winjamer. Will close on embark a disembarkation day, closes at like oh, I don't know, let's call somewhere between eight and nine o'clock. Well, let's just call it nine o'clock for argument's sake, right? Doesn't really matter, but let's say it closes at nine and then it won't reopen until lunch and you know, right right around uh, noon or 11 o'clock or so. Uh, on for, for the next group of guests, so yeah, some facilities do close, some of the bars may or may not be open, but you'll have at least one or two open. Certainly, uh, there's almost always a bar around, but. Uh, I mean, are there going to be activities? No, but even, <laughs> you know, maybe you have the pool to yourself. There's that and some other things as well. So uh, I don't think you'll be bored necessarily, and I'll gladly treat places with you if you're worried about it. <laughs> Eddie, thank you so much for the email. Thank you to everybody for these wonderful comments. Love reading them. And, of course, uh, thank you for listening to the Royal Community Blog podcast. So, Until next time, I'm Matt Hochberg, and I'll talk again soon.